Hi everyone, Sunny here. Welcome to another Naughty Talk Short. It is my turn today for Meet the Cast. So I'm going to try to answer some of the same questions I've been asking of the rest of the cast and I'm excited to dive right in. Welcome to my twisted and kinky mind. So number one, um, quick review of kink roles and identity. So I identify as pansexual. Um, I'm a polyamorous person. I have two wonderful life partners currently, and generally I identify as female. Gender is something that has some fluidity for me, but not so much that I've ever considered changing my pronouns to something other than she, her. I do like to express that fluidity in different ways. For example, the other day I picked out an outfit for a tea party with some kinky friends. And so I dressed up a bit and I felt most comfortable wearing a really mass cologne. It's generally my preference when it comes to my personal scent. If I do wear anything at all, and often I don't because I'm very sensitive um, to fragrances, but if I do wear anything at all, I generally um, will choose something like cedar and bourbon. And I identify as a dom. Um, I'm saying that with one M, and I always prefer dom or sir. Um, I could probably say master, depending on the dynamic, feeling like that was a good fit. But um, dom with a two M's and an E and mistress never really felt particularly comfortable for me. In terms of other roles, um, I'm a hypnotist. I really love topping hypno scenes. I'm a primal predator a little. I do have one partner who's dominant to me in a primal mate kind of way. And as my daddy, um, it doesn't really change how I identify overall, but that is something that's important to me. And I, I don't think I'd ever really refer to myself as submissive. Um, also, on the D side of the slash, I'm never really a mommy dom type. If I do do age play, it's always as a little. I tend to be dominant even in little space. Fun fact, that is a thing. But in dom space, I'm a little bit more than, I don't know, um, authoritarian disciplinarian would probably be a good way to describe it. What are my biggest kinks? This is going to be a really long list. <laughs> um, I love primal play, hypno kink, and sensual BDSM. Really, any type of play that I do is probably going to have one or more of these things at the core of it. Um, but if you want to get really specific, I like CNC, struggle play. I like hypnotic dollification. Um, I like bondage, both physical and hypnotic. I like impact, wax play, breath play, very limited knife play. DDLG, hunting play. I'm really big into capture fantasy. I could probably go on for a long time, but some of those are the, the biggest ones. And I also kink off of knowing that people are reading my erotica. I love knowing that people are using the themes in my books as inspiration for kinky, sexy times. What do I do to prep for a kink event? Um, well, I like to pick out my outfits in advance. It's not often that I get to get dolled up, pun intended, in fetish gear. I make sure that my kink space appropriate collar gets packed. It's a lot more obvious than my day collar. I like to pack toys that I'll be playing with and anything I need to take kink on the road. Um, I talked a little bit about prepping for hotel stays in a short recently, but things like flameless wax warmers so as not to set off fire alarms or break event rules usually go in the bag. 
I like to make sure I have some snacks and some Powerade Zero. If, if I don't stay hydrated, my blood pressure tends to do things like bottom out, and I don't really like passing out in public. Um, but I'm really not a plain water person, and the extra electrolytes in the Powerade, especially the magnesium, help with migraine prevention. Um, especially if the event space is going to have a lot of like fluorescent or flashing lights. And again, I'm a planner, so I like to review the rules for the event, make a plan for transportation. And if it's something like a large convention, I like to make a plan of attack for which classes I want to attend. Um, these days, there's also a lot of prep that goes into the classes that I'm teaching. So I really try to find a balance so I can still have time to check things out that other people are doing. And I like to review the plan with anybody attending that I might be playing with, go over comfort levels and limits for play in public, that kind of thing. Sometimes it's really different from private play. Uh, next up, some fun vanilla facts about me and my hobbies and interests. So most of our listeners already know that I'm a writer. I've talked a lot about my Turn the Key series and my erotica available on Amazon. Um, but I also write poetry from time to time. I'm a visual artist as well. I love to create things. Photography is another favorite art form, and I even dabble in acrylic paintings. I like to shoot recreationally, pistols and rifles. Um, I love spending time in nature, and I do a fair amount of hiking and camping. I love wine, and I've taken some classes to learn more about it. It's a bit of a hobby. And I also love to ride English Hunt Seat, but I don't currently have time to dedicate to a horse of my own, so I rarely get to indulge in that anymore. Um, I do have two wonderful puppers, though, both rescues, and I feel passionate about conservation efforts and animal rescue. Um, I love frozen yogurt dates, and I probably do that at least once a week. And like my daddy, spiritually, I practice um, druidry and herbal healing, and I love energy exchange. So I have a pretty awesome collection of healing crystals. Favorite piece of kinky art or writing that I did not create myself. So I've read an absurd amount of romance and erotica. I really love the Laura Hamilton, Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series. I like the Anne Rice Vampire series. Addison Kane has some really hot and dark stuff, like her Alpha and Omega series. It's very primal, very, um, very CNC. And recently, I also mentioned Enjoying Orphan's Cry by Jamie Wagner, who was on the show. And recently, I actually got a sneak peek of the sequel, which was even steamier than book one. So look out for the upcoming sequel to Orphan's Cry. Um, let's see what's next. Things I find sexy. Um, I find confidence to be really sexy, having a healthy lifestyle. I guess I'm kind of an ass person. When I see a really nice bum, I kind of want to bite it. Intelligence is really important to me, but so is kindness. I'm a sucker for blue and green eyes. Um, I really like when people are decisive. I'm quite decisive myself and also prompt, so those things are really desirable in a partner. Anyone who was a submissive of mine would probably hear me say, promptness counts. <laughs> I hate to be kept waiting. And I really find it sexy when a person is self-aware and has a commitment to living life as their best and most authentic self. 
I also try to live my life that way and to live my life like each day could be the last. So I appreciate that in a partner. And it's really sexy when a person knows what they want and is direct about it. Um, Next question is sort of the flip side of that. Things that are um, a big red flag for me personally. Um, Jealousy is a big turnoff and a red flag. So in my opinion, you know, a person who tries to isolate a partner from friends, family, or other sources of information is kind of like a poster person for intimate partner violence. And there is no one true source of information. It's why on the show, we encourage folks to sort of take what's useful from the show and then take classes and do additional research. I think it's important because In DS and MS, sometimes certain types of ownership and possessiveness are sexy parts of dynamic, but if someone has to read your text messages with your friends and family because they don't trust you, not because it, you know, is something that you've shared because it's a fun part of a role-playing game, um, you know, I know a lot of people will choose to share things like fat life messages, that kind of thing with their dominant because they agree to it and because they both find it sexy, but You know, if you're having your vanilla conversation on your regular phone and your partner feels the need to read those messages because they can't trust you or they think you're up to something, then they probably aren't deserving of your trust in return. And it's really important to recognize the difference. And then what do I like to give and receive for aftercare? Um, I love receiving bubble baths from my daddy and... Um, I I love both giving and receiving body massage cuddles. I like to sleep in the same bed as my partner when possible. Um, especially after an intense scene, it's nice to keep that close physical connection for a little while longer in terms of giving. I think it's important to have a pre-play discussion to find out what the S type needs for a given type of scene. And if there isn't time for appropriate aftercare, it might not be the best time for that particular sort of play. Winding down, I feel like I've been talking forever. I don't usually do monologues. I like to have conversation on the show. Um, But we're down to our last two questions. Number um, nine, what is your favorite kinky toy to play with? Daddy. Um, I'm probably going to get spanked for that. Daddy is not a toy. (laughs) He's listening to me record this, and so I'm having a little bit of fun with teasing him. Um, more seriously though, I really love my soy paraffin blend low temp wax play candles. They're really pretty. They have lots of different colors and I feel like for me, they give just the perfect amount of sensation. So I have many toys that I love, but that is one of my favorite things right now. And last question, what drove me to want to be on a podcast about kink? So prior to Naughty Talk, I actually appeared on another kink podcast as a guest, and it started out as a one-time exchange where I agreed to provide some lifestyle discussion, and in return, I got to promote my books, and that's really what I set out to do, Uh, but I ended up really loving it, and when one of the regular hosts took a break, I ended up doing a series of episodes to kind of fill in the gaps. And over time, I realized that I wanted to continue, and I also wanted to do things my own way. It's nice to be a guest, and it's a whole lot less work than producing your own podcast or hosting. Um, But I did learn a ton about podcasting through that experience, and 
I got to the point where I really felt like I wanted to let my own creative vision take flight, and my goal was to create a new show based on my own vision and personal brand, which is always about sexy and inclusive kink education. I think kink is awesome and it's for everyone and it's definitely been a goal of mine to convey that on the show and I've really loved the opportunity to work closely with my own kink family on a project. Um, All of my regular cast members at this time were part of my pack, Um, people that I love and they are really amazing and they have so many awesome experiences to share, so many things to teach and it's also given me an opportunity to really meet some awesome people who are new to me and who come to the show as guests. Ooh, out of breath. <laughs> I've been talking for a long time now. Um, all right. I have answered my own questions. Mission accomplished. So I hope everyone has really enjoyed getting to know me a little bit better and that everybody tunes in for the full show next week. <laughs>